Uh, earlier this week, we had a conversation with um, Alberta Health Services EMS talking about the 10-point plan to increase. Essentially, it's a 10-point plan that they're rolling out, um, and, and what they're trying to do is build capacity, create capacity. Essentially, it comes down to freeing up ambulances in the province of Alberta, because we know that has been a major problem. So they walked us through a number of things that they're doing, changing some of the calls that they respond to. For example, they don't dispatch an ambulance to every um, collision or vehicle accident, non-injury accidents in Alberta. It needs to be reported there's an injury and an ambulance is needed or they don't go. Uh, changing the way they do patient transfers. Do you need to have an ambulance to do a patient transfer from one facility to another or whatever the case may be? So those kinds of things. Um, the union uh, asked if they could come on and give us their response. They didn't agree with everything that they heard. So we're going to chat now with Mike Parker, who is president of the Health Sciences Association of Alberta. Mike, thanks for reaching out and thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Hey, Shay, good morning. I hope you can hear me and I hope all of Alberta can too. <laughs> we've got you loud and clear and I think we've got everything ironed out and uh, we're off and running now. Um, yeah, like I say, the interview happened earlier this week and we walked through a number of these um, you know, different considerations, and, and basically, uh, it's trying to increase capacity. What did you hear in that interview that, that caused you problems? Well, let's, let's start off by saying we don't disagree with everything, okay? We, mm-hmm. we, we can find common ground here, but what I will say is uh, AHS doing a victory lap today on uh, this 10-point plan uh, has not been received well by the membership uh, that's out there on the front lines today, um, to the point where the terms that I'm hearing are a bit disgusting that they would choose now to do this when... It's not implemented, and there is no improvement in the system as we sit today. Well, hang on. They're not taking a victory lap. I mean, the last line of it is the 10-point plan is a work in progress. I mean, they, they acknowledge it's not the cure-all. I think the comment was that, frankly, it's not going to solve anything. It's kind of what was said, I believe, as the last line in the interview on Tuesday. I mean, listen, we've, we've got some, some critical pieces here. There's some money being added yep. from government. Okay, that's going to help. Uh, where is it going? I want accountability. The, the 50 new paramedics touted as being hired this year, tell me where they are, because I know that we've got more than 60 that have left the industry this year, so I don't know where that plus-minus piece fits. Uh, the the comments on uh, supply chain, let's, let's identify that right off the bat here, Shay. Yeah. Uh, there are ambulances parked empty in stations across this province every single day. Okay, hang on. I, I want to talk about that one a little bit more. Hang on a second, because you're right. Yeah. He, he said that, you know, they've got new funding from the province, and they said five ambulances each in Calgary yeah. and Edmonton each year for the next two years for a total of 20 new ambulances. And he said during that interview, I said, are they here? Are they up and running? And he said, no. Just like everything else, we're having a hard time getting these sent over, you know, supply chain issues on and on and on. So um, you're telling me that it's not a factor of not having ambulances. We have the ambulances. They're not being used? Well, what I'll tell you is this. It's great to have new resources added because we've spent 10 years saying we need additional resources. So that I can agree with. But when I've got 100, or sorry, 440 unfilled paramedic ships across this province this week, when I sit with the city of Edmonton, uh, sitting with 350 times in January, there was no people to put on the ambulance, so it just sat parked. Calgary, in one day, April 4th, there was 11 units parked with no people in it. So you see, you can, you can say supply chain, you can say vehicles, you can say whatever you want. We don't have any people left. We, we, uh, we don't retain the ones that we have, and we're not training new ones. So this is, and again, this is big. This is big, Shay. This isn't solved in a, in a quick fix. 
No, I agree with you. It's going to uh, it's going to take years to to, to uh, come up with solutions to all the problems that are out there. Now, explain to me why. Why are you so short staffed? Why is there a situation here where you have these empty ambulances and you're short, you know, hundreds of paramedics per shift? When you when you look at the system, go back 10 years. I mean, the call volumes have been increasing 6 percent annually. So the workload continues to impact the well-being of the members that are on the street trying to serve. Uh and it just continues to grow. So 6% per year, that's the AHS's numbers, times 10 years. And now all of a sudden, in the last 12 months, they're reporting an additional 30% spike that isn't going away. It's normal now. So these are the pieces of the pressures that are on the people on the front lines, Shay. Yeah. Shay, I'm getting calls today, all right? And, and I'm glad Calgary's online with this conversation. But we've had, just last night, responding to cardiac arrest in Calgary, one person. That's it. We got one paramedic available driving over there to try and work a cardiac arrest. That's what it looks like. So you can imagine being the people on the street and the mental health impact of being the only person going. There is nobody coming to back you up. You don't have even a partner to do this call. And that's what it looks like every single day out there. Code Reds every single day are taking their toll. And why would you want to go to school? When you look at that kind of an impact for a career longevity of five to ten years. Okay, uh, just a couple of the specifics that they mentioned as part of this plan. And again, I think we need to keep a focus on this is like a couple of months old, and they're talking about a, a plan that you know goes years down the road for some aspects of it. But since January, it says in the report that I received from Darren Sandback, EMS has hired a total of 66 staff, nine temporary full-time, 57 casual. True or false? I, I would suggest it's true. I just don't know where they are. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of casuals, okay? <laughs> casuals aren't our issue. We need full-time people. But they got nine temporary full-time. I guess it's a start. Um, what about the changes that they've made to, okay, we're not going to dispatch an ambulance to a non-injury vehicle uh, problem. We're going to change the way we do transfers. That sounds like a good idea to me on the surface. I mean, it makes sense. It does. It does. I'd like to know the percentage impact it's going to have on the system because I think you're talking about two or three calls a day. Honestly, yeah, on, on the day like yesterday in this province, or no, yeah, I guess it was the day before when, when the skies opened up and, and uh, across this province, it's going to be a busy day for sure mm-hmm. and a lot of non-injury actions for that day, absolutely. Overall system-wide, mm, probably pretty minimal. Okay. The uh, transfer side of things, yeah. I mean, when you look at alternate ways to get your mother from site A to site B uh, or my family member, sure, let's find other sources. Uh, and when they can't, I guess we need to lean back on the public system that's going to get your mom from this facility to that facility safely. Yeah. Uh, if she can go by taxi or your own car, great. I could actually use the support to get our folks back on the road again. But when they can't, we still need to be there. So, yeah. It's got some potential for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's the goal. Now you say you've heard from ambulance drivers all day today and you know, okay. You can't use the term ambulance driver. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. (laughs) I get corrected every time and that's a fair correction. I stand corrected. (laughs) Um, But they also say they've heard they, they, you know, they say they've um, been doing a lot of consultation. They, they, they've heard from EMS staff. They've heard from partners. They've heard from the public. They say they've all weighed in on the current state of EMS. They've heard from all of these people, and they're analyzing all the feedback they've collected. So how did that work? How did that work among your membership? Were they involved in consultation with this? 
So you're talking the provincial system, just so the provincial consultation, just so I'm clear on what you're asking. Yeah, according to this report. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's been a telephone town hall system. There's been a, a, a system of uh, filling out surveys been offered out to every practitioner in the province to try and get a lens on it. Funny how I would suggest it's going to be the, the same answers that, that you and I are talking about right now. Our folks are exhausted. They can't manage this level of workload without support. They need uh, to have uh, work harder to retain the folks that we have. Our communications officers are uh, hanging up on people because they're so busy. So I, I imagine it's going to be the same thing. I don't speak on behalf of me, Shay. I speak from what I'm told from the membership. So that's, that's what I would say to it. So I look forward to what comes out of that program. So give me a solution, Mike. I know there's lots of things you don't like about what they're doing, and there's a few that you think might work. What is the, how do we fix this from the union's perspective? So like I said, I, I can't have any more uh, unfilled trucks. When I've got 350 shifts empty in a, in a month, that's, that's the issue. Let's get some people on the units. Let's get some paramedics back on the units. Let's find a way to keep the ones that are still here. That's a good start. Uh, by doing things like, I don't know, getting them off shift on time. They've done 12 hours of back-to-back calls. Get them off the line. And we can't do that effectively today because they end up putting in a couple hours of forced overtime every day. So these are the pieces that we need to start doing. Uh, we ended all of our harm reduction sites across the province. So the opioid crisis is now impacting our world. COVID has been eased, so now that's impacting our world. There's a lot of pieces that are moving out there that we can do. Uh, we need to train more folks. Uh, and it's not about adding more always. You know, I mean, yeah, we need to do something about the matching of call volume to resources. And I don't know what it looks like exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that it's going to require additional uh, units on the road. And we've got 20 more coming in the next two years. That's decent. You know, it's a start. <sighs> It seems to me that you guys have a really adversarial relationship with AHS. Is there any, uh, has there ever been a time where you guys have sat down and said, these are the issues we're facing, let's see if we can work on a solution to them? Or is it always yelling and screaming like this? Oh, it's not about yelling and screaming, Shay. We'll talk any day of the week and work through solutions, but the problem is the will to get them done, right? You yeah. know, when, 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 we look at, when we look at our folks that are off on, on, on injury or mental health injury, and there is no real program to protect them prior, that's an issue. Like, say, I'm going to be clear, it took us 10 years to get a sticker inside the ambulance that says violence will not be tolerated. A sticker took 10 years, right? Like, this is, we're trying, you know, and, and we'll, we'll be at every conversation to, to offer our suggestions. I need our folks to stay and have a successful, strong, long career in emergency services because you can't just go get another one. No, it yeah. It takes a long time to train a paramedic. Absolutely. I'm with you. Hey, Mike, thanks for uh, chiming in and giving us uh, the other side of the story here on this. I appreciate it. You bet. I'm sure we'll chat again, Shay. Absolutely. Sure will. Yep. That is uh, Mike Parker, president of the Health Sciences Association of Alberta, the union that represents paramedics in our province. And you know what? This is a mess. So I'm not... I'm not some kumbaya, everybody hold hands and get along here. We, we, we've got, I think some people, or a lot of people in this province would say, you know what, when it comes to our EMS system, um, it's, it's, is it a crisis? I don't know. It's chaotic. We, we know it's not working the way that it's supposed to. We've all seen the stories where for long periods of time, this community doesn't have an ambulance available or, you know, someone waited this many hours for an ambulance or whatever the case may be. We know it's a problem. And both sides are saying, hey, it's a problem. The question is, well, who's, who's working on it? I mean, EMS did come up with a 10-point plan. We walked through it earlier this week. Is it going to solve all the problems? No. And they don't claim that it will either. You know, it's part of a plan. It's going to take time.